0: God does something for the first time, he always sets a precedent. And by that precedent, we can know him forever in that context, because he does not change. The very first public utterance about the birth of Christ was in Luke 2, 8-15. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising god and saying glory to god in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests when the angels had left them and gone into heaven the shepherds said to one another Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. That declaration was made to a group of manual workers, shepherds. They witnessed a heavenly celebration on earth. The angel of the Lord said, I bring you glad tidings of great joy two words that are connected but also distinct, gladness and joy. Gladness, the word is agaliasis, means an encounter with heaven that makes you jump for joy in exultation, makes you run around the room exuding in exceeding joy, shouting, grinning, dancing, exulting. (laughs) The second word is chara, and it means cheerfulness, a calm delight, a happy disposition, to be fully joyful. Gladness is an encounter with God leading to an experience of Him, which once received becomes your new normal. An encounter with God's gladness of heart pulverizes any negative emotion. In the shepherd's case, it casts out fear. Think of it. All fear is banished by celebration and leads us into an experience of cheerful, calm, delight. It's in the celebratory joy that we are rewired from misery to a happy disposition where we enter into the joy of the Lord. We learn not only to stay there, but also to operate out of God's good humor. There are numerous places in the Gospels where Jesus connected people with his joy in a variety of life situations. I love that Jesus always wants to connect in fellowship using the very circumstances that might trip us up. In life John 16 says these things I've spoken to you said Jesus that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer I've overcome the world he speaks that to us so that his speech is accompanied by a gift so that you may have peace why because in the world there can be tribulation but no reason not to be cheerful because i have overcome the world in the kingdom the entrance of joy increases our spiritual mental, and emotional capacity to receive god's presence that places us above the circumstances. He's telling us how powerful joy is and that being joyful changes things in us and around us. So what if joy is an internal, eternal environment that has a significant impact on all external situations? Sounds great, doesn't it? Glad tidings of great joy we see the same expression in john 15 11. jesus said these things i've spoken to you so that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full again we see that truth i have spoken so that the objective in speaking creates a place in us where we come under his rule of life, and that is, my joy may be in you. Every time he speaks, he's topping us up in joy, making us more full so that joy is overflowing constantly. It's so important to God that his nature becomes ours because then he can use all our life situations to empower our growth in his emotional and mental presence. In John sixteen twenty to 24, it says this, Most assuredly, I say to you, That you will weep and lament but the world will rejoice but you will be sorrowful but your sorrow will be turned into joy a woman when she's in labor has sorrow because her hour has come but as soon as she's given birth to the child she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day, you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be Here the Lord uses areas of difficulty and the impact that joy has in those situations to train us in being joyful. One promise is that he will turn all grief and sorrow into joy. Joy is always the best emotion to dethrone a negative. He uses that beautiful illustration of a woman in the agony of childbirth who ceases to remember the pain as soon as she's holding the baby. Joy is vital to us because it reduces the agonies of life and empowers us to rise above the natural issues of life. No one can take our joy away from us, but we can surrender it by not understanding its power prayer and devotional experiences are all underscored by the presence of joy he urges us to ask the God who says yes and amen to his people ask him for anything and he will ensure that you receive so that your joy may be full in Luke 6 to 23 we see how God turns even persecution into an occasion for gladness and joy blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake rejoice in that day and leap for joy for indeed Your reward in heaven is great. For in like manner, their fathers did the same thing to the prophets. You know, every major negative in persecution cannot prevent joy from being present to help us in our time of need. Be glad and leap for joy. Counting all things as being part of our joyful relationship with God is an absolutely must-do response God's name and nature. Over this festive period, as we gather in family and friendship, allow your spirit to partner with the God of joy. Let his pleasure rise up in you. Take stock of your surroundings and begin to move in a lifestyle that creates the refreshing presence of the joy of the Lord. Have a great Christmas full of life, love, and laughter. We'll see you in the new year. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it.